from behind my cardboard microphone. Yes, I'm not a doctor, but I... Oh, no, wait a minute. Yes, I am. It's the Glenn Beck Program. And we're going over the Select Committee on Intelligence report from the whistleblower. Uh, and we found some interesting things. Stu, can you can you just kind of cover what we've already covered in, in a condensed form? Yes, I think I can. Okay. Um, going through the timeline is, is a little difficult. We talked a little bit about this last uh, time, uh, last hour. The accusation from the whistleblower essentially revolves around a few things. Uh, this call that we all talked about yesterday where Trump uh, you know, talks to him about Biden, talks to the president of Ukraine about um, CrowdStrike and these big issues related to the election. That is part of the accusation. Again, this person uh, says that they were not a direct witness to basically any of these events. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's important to know. It's all mm-hmm. secondhand information from this person. So to us, it's third and fourth hand. So she or he goes through this. Why do you think it's a she? Why says she or he? Well, no, should I say they? Them? She, no, you've been saying she he, all morning. She, they them. No, you've been saying she all morning. I don't want to assign a gender I know, to but this particular I just didn't individual. I know if you knew something that I didn't know because you keep saying she and then you don't bait catch me. yourself. Don't bait me. All right. Okay. So, so basically that this person is accusing mm-hmm. uh, there being a, a, a problem there. Okay. Mm-hmm. They go on to say one of the big issues mm-hmm. that is an indicator here is that they slid these transcripts over to a much highly, much more highly secured computer system, one that would not normally hold such transcripts. So if now you, the transcript that we got yesterday, the phone mm-hmm. call, they say there's nothing, there was nothing secret about this. Why is it a, a top, top secret? Again, yeah, and this is their case. Yeah. Why did they move? Why did the White House move this transcript uh, and actually the actual digital recording over to a super secure mm-hmm. top secret, which is not usually done for something that would just contain this kind of language. Right. And so the accusation is they knew there was a problem in this call and therefore they did this to hide it from people. And we can get into the uh, alternate explanation to that here in a, in a second, which I think when you lay out the whole case fits pretty well as to why they would do this. But this is the accusation. We're just going through the accusations here. Now, we are going on the assumption of a couple of things. One, we're not going to assign motive. However, we will look at past actions and uh, take that into account. And no one is guilty. You have to prove them guilty. We will assume that both the DNC and Donald Trump are innocent. But we're trying to figure out a couple of things. One, this is not a smoking gun. If you make this about Joe Biden and you make this about this phone call, this is not a smoking gun. So why, after all this time of never going for impeachment, why did people suddenly flip without any information and they immediately went, Impeachment. He's got to be removed. They've made this the battle, right? And it wouldn't work out to their advantage. So what is it? Are they just really crusaders or is there something else going on? Well, we've kind of stumbled into something 
in this reading of this memo, this is not about Joe Biden. This memo has very little to do with Joe Biden and his son. I believe that's the cake and the circus for the masses. That's what's that's what has been given to the media because the media can understand mm, Trump bad, Joe Biden good. Okay? And so they're giving that to the masses, but that's not the show that's really happening. That is misdirection because as you look in this, it has very little to do with Joe Biden. The case that Trump seems to be making in this, and the reason why I think he has attorney bar on all of this, yeah, okay, well, you got to talk to our attorney general. You can only say that if Donald Trump needs to be impeached, then our attorney general is in on it from the start. And that may be. I don't think so, but that may be. Or is it that Donald Trump has a theory that is pretty sound and he's investigating it because he didn't trust anyone, but he trusts Attorney Barr. So you have Attorney General Barr going and shadowing with Rudy Giuliani. And what is it that they're looking for? We're going to lay this all out for you here in just a few minutes, and I'll answer all those questions, but I want to get back into this memo so you have all of it. Uh, we left it at the transcript was loaded into a separate electronic system that is otherwise used to store and handle classified information of an especially sensitive nature. One White House official described this act as an abuse of this electronic system because the call did not contain anything remotely sensitive from a national security perspective. Or did it? I uh, do not know whether similar messages uh, or measures were taken to restrict access to other records of the call, such as contemporaneous uh, handwritten notes by those who who were listening in. Three, ongoing concerns. This is the whistleblower. On 26 July, day after the call, U.S. Special Representative for Ukraine Negotiations, Kurt Volker, visited Kiev. By the way, we should explain Kiev. Kiev is what we've always grown up saying. But that is because that was the Soviet name, and the people in Ukraine actually find that offensive. The, the name is not pronounced Kiev. That was the Soviet translation mm-hmm. and the Soviet renaming, and kind of a just a dig and a little salt in the wound for Ukraine. The same way that they say the Ukraine. Yeah, we've I know. All, we're I all used to that. that. It's supposed to be just Ukraine. Ukraine, It is a sovereign nation. So you'll notice U.S. diplomats, you notice Biden in the video saying saying Kiev because it's seen as a measure of respect for Ukraine as a sovereign nation. And I keep saying, I got Kiev, I keep saying the Ukraine, and it's not. They're both habits, yeah. 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 All right. Um, 26 July, day after the call, U.S. Special Representative, Ukraine negotiations, Kurt Volker, visit Kiev and met with President Zelensky and a variety of Ukrainian political figures. Ambassador Volker was accompanied in his meetings by U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sonderland. Based on multiple readouts of these meetings recounted to me by various U.S. officials, Ambassadors Volker and uh, Sondland reportedly provided advice to the Ukrainian leadership on how to navigate the demands that the president had made of Mr. Zelensky. 
I also learned from multiple U.S. officials that on or about 2nd of August, Mr. Giuliani reported he traveled to Madrid to meet with one of President Zelensky's advisors. The U.S. officials characterized this meeting, which was not recorded publicly at the time, as a direct follow-up to the president's call with Mr. Zelensky about the cases they had discussed. Separately, multiple U.S. officials told me that Mr. Giuliani had reported privately reaching out to a variety of other Zelensky advisors, including chief of staff and acting chairman of the security service of Ukraine. I don't know whether those officials met or spoke with Mr. Giuliani, but I was told separately by multiple U.S. officials that Mr. Yermak and Mr. Bakanov intended to travel to Washington in mid-August. On August 9th, the president told reporters, I think President Zelensky is going to make a deal with President Putin and he'll be invited to the White House. And we look forward to seeing him. He's already been invited to the White House and he wants to come. And I think he will. He's a very reasonable guy. He wants to see peace in Ukraine. And I think he'll see it coming very soon, actually, end quote. So what is all of this about? If you remember in the phone call, Mr. Zelensky asked for Rudy Giuliani to come. Can you brief me on these things? Can you help us? And and Zelensky was already aware of all of the corruption that Mr. Trump was talking about. Now, the circumstances leading up to the July 25th presidential phone call, according to the whistleblower, we're reading the transcript uh, as it was given to uh, the House and the Senate earlier this morning. Beginning in late 2019, a series of articles appeared on an online publication called The Hill. These articles, several Ukrainian officials, most notably Prosecutor General Yuri Lusenko, made a series of allegations against other Ukrainian officials and current and former U.S. officials. Mr. Lusenko and his colleagues alleged, according to John Solomon at The Hill, who, by the way, is coming up in about 40 minutes, to the very best of my knowledge, oh, wait, 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 uh, I'm on the wrong page. That was four, so I got to go to five now. Hang on, let me page, I got to find page five. It was taken out of order, so let me find page five. Give me, give me uh, one minute, and we'll come back to this. All right, now, Mr. Lusenko from Ukrainian, uh, the uh, Ukrainian government, uh, alleged that... The Ukraines uh, possessed evidence that Ukrainian officials, namely head of National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine and member of parliamentary, uh, Serhi Lashenko, had interfered in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, allegedly in collaboration with the DNC and the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. That's quite a charge. The U.S. Embassy in Kiev, specifically U.S. Ambassador Marine, uh, Marie Yovanovitch, who had criticized Mr. Lazenko's uh, organization for its poor record in fighting corruption, had allegedly obstructed Ukrainian law enforcement agencies' pursuit of corruption cases, including by providing a do-not-prosecute list, and had Ukrainian prosecutors banned from traveling to the United States expressly to prevent them from delivering their evidence about the 2016 U.S. elections. Also, that former Vice President Biden had pressured former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko 
in 2016 to fire the Ukrainian prosecutor general, uh, Viktor Shorkin, in order to quash a purported criminal probe into Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian energy company on whose board the former vice president's son, Hunter, sat. Now, what's interesting about this is this is what Trump is operating on. This is the part that the media will never tell you about. They'll say he was just after Joe Biden. He was asking for a favor. He pressured. No, no. The countercharge, the other side of this is that the DNC working with the former government that thought they would be in power forever. The Democrats had absolutely nobody had any idea that that government was going to be overturned by a comedy talk show host. Okay, remember, this is the guy who's like the John Stewart of Ukraine. He's the guy the president was talking to. And the reason why he won, he never did any debates. He never did anything. He never stated policy. He just said, this is all insane. And we're corrupt and it's got to stop. Nobody would have thought he won. So they, the Democrats, if this is true, the Democrats thought they have all of the hatches closed. There's no water going to be but leaking out of this. We're all fine. The, the allegation is from Luchenko was that the government at the highest levels in collusion with our U.S. ambassador appointed by, uh, appointed by Obama, right? Uh, was they were all working together. The DNC had come over and said, hey, we need some dirt on Donald Trump. And the, the Ukrainian government, working through oligarchs, went to Russia and helped gather information. Then when the 2016 uh, Russian investigation was happening... They were firing and uh, bribing everybody to shut up. And the ambassador was stopping people to come to the United States to say, hey, this is what's really going on. That's what Trump is asking for. And Trump is asking for the Russian hacked servers because what's on their servers? What's on their servers? Did any of them were they? saying, hey, can you find out some information on Donald Trump? Now, he's not doing this just with Rudy Giuliani. He's doing this with the attorney general. And the attorney general denies, we should point out. The attorney general says that there was... Barr? Barr says he was not involved in this, at least as, to, the, to the extent of in any... Like, what, what happened in the call, right? So, Oh, yeah, yeah. He's saying that, because in the call... Trump says, I want you to talk to Barr. I want you to talk to Giuliani. Barr says he did not have those conversations. Now, mm-hmm. Giuliani has publicly admitted he has right. had them. Right. But just to be clear, to give Barr his... He may not, he may not have had those conversations. Right. But It may not have uh, risen to his level. Who knows? We don't right. know where... where... Uh, I'd be interested to see if Barr knew mm-hmm. about any of this. Mm-hmm. But what, what you just laid out explains perfectly in my mind about the thing that Stu you brought up with the uh with this the computer system with the conversation in the white house being transferred over into that classified you know uh, server record keeping right this is one of the things that they say is a piece of evidence that shows they were trying to hide it and i think it can be just as easily interpreted the other way 
Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about, I mean, as is, if you look at that conversation, just the mere fact that he mentioned Biden and that scandal does not constitute, who cares? Like, even if that got out, it might look bad, but it's not going to, sure, it's not going to warrant them putting a classification on this and throwing it over there. Mm -hmm. But if everything you're looking into, if all of the, if what, if what you, Glenn, just laid out is, is accurate. Then you don't want the Obama holdovers in the White House getting wind of that. You don't want intelligence knowing about that. Especially about it from Trump's perspective. He's very suspicious of intelligence. He's had bad experiences with them. But what he's alleging here is, and we have evidence to to back up that things like this have happened, uh, that what he's alleging is that Obama and the DNC worked with the intelligence agency and the uh, the government of Ukraine to try to dig up dirt on Donald Trump to stop his campaign. Well, if I'm having conversations about, you know, making sure I do not want the intelligence community, I do not want the DNC, the Obama holdovers, I don't want anyone knowing about it. But I do want a trail of it someplace. Don't delete it. This reminded me of this. Hang on. Back. Back in just a sec. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. There's a couple of things that we have learned from this whistleblower testimony, and you're not going to get this from, I don't think you're going to get this from anybody else. They're all going to be talking about uh, Joe Biden and this whistleblower and his credibility and everything else. This is not about Joe Biden. Um, this is the next step you will hear is you're going to start hearing people when it starts to be understood for what it is. You're going to start hearing things like the Trump that Trump is a conspiracy theorist. Well, uh, if I'm reading this document correctly and I'm looking at these two sides and I assume that the that Donald Trump is doing the things that this whistleblower is saying which we've already found he has been discredited because what he said was in the memo was not in the memo. Um, however, he is he's making some s- strong allegations. Let's take them at face value and say, yes, I accept the, that Trump is doing this. Quite honestly, as I understand what they're saying here, I think I would have done exactly the same thing as president of the United States. And I would have done it for national security reasons. Now, Trump may have other reasons to do it, and I can't answer to that, and nor can anyone else. But if you look at what he's saying, I would have I would have made sure this didn't go to Congress. I would have made sure that this was in the in the top level drawer that the super secret stuff is put because I didn't want anyone from my party, the Democrats. I wouldn't want anyone to know. I think what the president was onto is deep state. Because if you look at this, it's the intelligence that is is wheedling this out. It's the Democrats that are wheedling this out and and saying, "Oh no, he's doing something really bad." But what is he? What what is it that he's looking for? He's looking for collusion of corruption in Ukraine with the DNC. We talked about. How I can't hear you. Can we turn uh, Jason's mic on, please? Here now. Yeah, we talked about earlier about how you know you said that no, the Obama administration did not plan to lose what they had built in Ukraine. 
they did not expect this co- comedy show host to completely upend the Ukrainian politics. And so, you know, it, it, we were all over Ukraine. And I think we were on the wrong side, quite honestly. We were all over Ukraine uh, during the Obama administration. This, and you're exactly right, I cannot believe, this reminded me of another show we did on foreign lobbying. And I just really quickly looked up to see how embed the Democrats were in Ukraine when all this turmoil was going on. This is about a year ago, the research you did. This is, yeah, about a year. This is absolutely insane. So there are lawyer obama lawyers they're strategists there's lobbyists they are all over the place this is just a quick little list but uh the former obama white house counsel greg craig was involved in ukraine uh the chief mm, strat- oh, wait a minute his personal counsel kind of like rudy giuliani <laughs> right interesting <laughs> okay um chief strategist for bernie sanders tad devine he was involved in ukraine uh, John Podesta's brother, Tony Podesta, which is the guy who shut down his consulting firm the minute it was found that there was dirty goings on in Ukraine. He and it was a bizarre move. You're like, wait a minute. What? Why did you shut down? You've just disappeared. What happened? And he got tied up with uh, Manafort, which uh-huh. was p- a part of the larger Russia investigation. Exactly right. Um, chief strategist for Hillary Clinton, Mark Penn. He was involved in Ukraine. Uh, two Obama pollsters, a minor pollster, John Alizone, and Obama cam- the, the Obama campaign's lead pollster, Joel Benenson. He was also working in Ukraine. They are all over the place. Right. So their pollsters most likely were over there to help the president get reelected. So they're helping, they're helping this former administration, which was totally corrupt, helping them stay in power, get in power, the president's personal attorneys are over there. Their strategists are over there. Hillary Clinton's chief strategist is over there. Uh, Tony Podesta is over there, all wrapped up into this. And it's all right around the 2016 uh, campaign. So they're helping them, and they all happen to be there while Trump is running. And uh, we're expected to believe that Hillary Clinton's people didn't say... Hey, can you guys find any, I mean, is there any dirt on Donald Trump? We're expected to believe that they were perfect angels. Her chief strategy was there for crying out loud. Chief strategist. Okay, so <laughs> so this is what Trump is really looking for. Trump is looking to finish the the Russian investigation. They pinned this all on him. And he's saying, you know what? I don't trust the press. There's nobody in the press that can do this. I don't trust intelligence agencies. I don't trust the FBI, and they don't have jurisdiction on this anyway. I don't trust anyone. Rudy, go over there. Keep uh, keep uh, Attorney General Barr in the loop so he knows what's going on. Don't tell the State Department. Don't tell anyone, because what they're saying is, the the Trump response is it was a corrupt country. It was corrupt and it was being run really by the Obama White House. They were helping. They were embedded on everything. When I started to run, uh, they started this Russia thing. We know that Fusion GPS w- uh, was hired by the Democrats to go get that dirt in Russia. We know that uh, Russia had people involved with the oligarchs in Ukraine so 
are we to believe that they know nothing, that the Democrats had nothing? And by the way, those DNC servers are somewhere held by a corrupt oligarch in Ukraine. And so the president of the United States is saying, I got to find those servers. He is doing a Russia investigation on his own and not telling anyone about it. He's he's not erasing it. He's just putting it in secure vaults so no one can see it. I would do exactly the same thing because I do believe this government is corrupt. I do believe that there are people, especially in the State Department, that think they know better than everybody else. And exactly what is if if there's no deep state in our country, will you at least admit a deep state with Brexit in England? That is the definition of deep state. The people just are too stupid to understand. Yeah, they voted, but we'll overturn that. That is what's happening in Europe. That's what's happening in England. That's what's happening here. And Donald Trump, and it may all be for personal reasons, but this is what the people hired him to do, honestly, was go in and shut this deep state, shut, shut this swamp down where everybody's enriching themselves, everybody's playing a game, and you don't know about it. I think that's what's happening, and that's why this will be the battle to death. And, and quite honestly, I, I hope to God the security on this new president in Ukraine is good because this guy is fighting all of these fighting Russia. He's fighting the oligarchs. He's fighting now the DNC. He's fighting the most corrupt. I mean, keep an eye on the Clintons. He's fighting all of the most dangerous people uh, in the world. And you're going to hear this now just called a conspiracy theory. But so was the caliphate. If we find out Zelensky was recruiting 14-year-olds to a Miami mansion, we know what's going down. <laughs> That's when we know. Uh, it, I, I, it's kind of fascinating to watch it kind of all play out. I, I don't, you know, you see everyone kind of rushing to their side. And I think we learned in the Mueller investigation, uh, the, the best approach is to sit here and, and look at the information as it comes out mm-hmm. and try to analyze whether it was correct or not. I mm-hmm. mean, think of how excited people on both sides got over the Mueller investigation over a two-year period. How many days were wasted chasing rumors and, and things that we're, we didn't understand at the end of the investigation for all the complaining about the investigation and for all the praising of the investigation? What we got at the end was something that basically said Trump did nothing that would, would warrant impeachment. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think like the more we're able to look at this information in a sober fashion and look at it and wait for the actual results to come out, the better we're going to do with it. So one, both sides have everything to lose. And the reason why I say this is a battle to the death, I thought it was very, very weird that it came out of Nancy Pelosi. First of all, that Nancy Pelosi, without any evidence, all of a sudden got to take him down. Enough is enough fascinating no good answer for that unless you look at this whistleblower's uh report from a different point of view and if you look at it from a different point of view uh nancy pelosi and the dnc would know you've got to stop him you got to discredit him you have to trash him he's got to be over or we're exposed for all the games that we played in the 2016 election and beyond 
We got to stop it. And I believe there will be people on the on the GOP that will have the same kind of connections who have made the same kind of money, et cetera, et cetera. They won't want to be exposed either. But I found it interesting. Not only did Nancy Pelosi flip flop on something where they had no evidence. Well, now I understand it. But there's something else that sticks out. That Nancy Pelosi released right before right. Was it? uh, Yeah. Right after she spoke and said impeachment, they released that President Trump had made a personal phone call to Nancy Pelosi. And he said, isn't there some sort of deal we can make here? And Nancy Pelosi's office reported, she said, no deal, Mr. President. Tell your people to obey the law and hung up. And that bothered me because I thought, what kind of deal could be made? What do I mean? What if 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 that was even true? Why would he make that phone call? What kind of deal could he make? Oh. I know. We're in mutually assured destruction. Whether the president would use this for ultimate power or expose it, I don't know. But this is mutually assured destruction. One of these has to win. One of these has to win. They're either going to completely discredit and impeach Donald Trump or Donald Trump and his allies will expose them for what they were doing if indeed they were doing this in Ukraine. I don't think it's a far stretch to believe, uh, to not believe either of those or both of those could be true. We'll give you more on this coming up in uh, just a second. We're trying to figure out, because this impeachment hearing, this doesn't make any sense on any level. Um, There's no smoking gun. Uh, You know, Nancy Pelosi said, uh, strike while the iron is hot. Well, the iron isn't hot. Most people do not want the president to be impeached, and that's on Democrats, too. They just don't want, they see it as a waste of time and a waste of money. Um, You've got an election coming up. So why is this happening right now? uh, there's a few theories. Uh, one of them is it's going to come out if what Giuliani and Trump are saying is going to come out. You got to discredit. You've got to muddy the waters. You got to make it like a um, a whataboutism uh, and try to make it about Joe Biden. I mean, I I'm starting to think that they're actually throwing Joe Biden to the wolves here um, because they've got a bigger pot of gold that they are trying to protect. So they're going to make this about Joe Biden because that's all you're hearing about. This is nothing to do with Joe Biden. If the whistleblower's testimony is is true and this is what Donald Trump is doing, I'm actually I was like, well, you know, I was with Ben Sass. Let's wait. And I still am. Let's wait. But I am starting to see if this is true, what Donald Trump is doing, I'm actually with him. I think he was right to do it, Um, and he may have been doing it for selfish reasons, but this is the deep state, and that's what's being protected right now. This isn't about Joe Biden. This is about the DNC and the deep state at the State Department, the deep state in intelligence, all of the crooked people that were behind uh, the Fusion GPS report and leaking it to the press. This one is... 
this one's a big, nasty hairball that if he rolls this down and he gets this right, he's going to take them all out. Press everybody. Everybody's going to be taken out on this one. It's a big deal. This is the kind of stuff that starts wars, quite honestly. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, people, you know, start to snuff people out. And, you know, you have a Archduke Ferdinand happen in Ukraine. Uh, this is dangerous, dangerous stuff. Um, you have to keep calm and carry on. And... Uh, don't listen to those who are screaming and shouting. Listen and use reason. Fix it firmly in her seat and question with boldness everything. You're listening to Glenn Beck.